that I most definitely need from Can I just, uh, uh, can I share the sports euphoric state, okay? The, 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 the Knicks are undefeated. It's true. The Rangers are undefeated. Yep. Regular season haven't started yet. we got no losses. Uh, the Yankees are playoff bound. Yep. And the Giants are 3-1. and one. Yep. How much better, how much better can things be for my four pro teams? Uh, it, 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 it can't, right? I mean, it just can't. Now, none of them are going to win the title, but uh, anyway. Um, it. I mean, how's Tottenham doing? I think it, yeah, it was a bad loss the other day. Uh, I think, Scott, you can conclude after four grueling weeks of this NFL season, the greatest division ever is the NFC East in 2022. The Eagles 4-0, and oh, the Giants mm-hmm. and Cowboys are 3-1. and one. Whew, man. When you roll through a schedule like we've done thus far, you know, here's the thing that I'm excited about. Three more wins, the Giants are bowl eligible. Facts. So, <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, happy uh, Monday to all, and welcome to uh, the Beat of Sports. I'm Mark Daniels. That's Scott Harris over there. How are you? What's going on? What's up? It's cold uh, outside. What? It's cold outside this morning. It's cold, it cold outside? It's cold out this morning, yeah, yeah. It's at sixty something on my on my dashboard. Yeah, it's cold. Huh. Okay. Okay. Would you be upset the following order happened this way? Okay. I stopped uh, at a little different type of schedule this morning. Okay. So I stopped at a National Bagel chain store. Okay. Bagels and such. Okay. And you ask for an order. Mm-hmm. I'm a big on the side because I like to decide how my spread is. You balanced. like building it yourself, right? So, so ask for a bagel. You don't like. You, you don't think that the trained professionals, <laughs> yeah, trained professional, uh, whatever item on top. Okay, I prefer in a little container on the side. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't like as much on. Yeah. Maybe I like to put one side more of something. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just put it on. Oh. Right? But my fault, I didn't... I, you didn't specify. No, 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 no. The order, the order specifically asked for all three bagels to have this on the side. Okay. And two of the three were just putting on. Mm. Yeah. And then you, you know, I assume it's right. Yeah. And then you get to your destination, like here, and you're like, oh, really? You know? Yeah, that happens. But it happens. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Um, everything else good with you? Yeah, everything's good. Yeah? Yeah. Other than Lindo City's game yesterday, what else happened exciting for you on the weekend? Disappointing result. Uh, started watching uh, some, some horror movies this weekend. Well, of course you did. Well, it's October, man. It's uh, What do you expect? What, what What's what's not to like? Right. Yeah? Okay. Uh, so I did that. Started, uh, started that. Um... Oh, I helped uh, helped clear up some, some uh, trees, some, some down trees on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
tools were used. Tools were used by who? You? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And? A saw. Uh, somebody let you use a saw? Uh, what? You can see? You can see? What? What are you showing me? I still have all my appendages. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So did that. Was it like a big thrill when you get that power going in the saw on these ones? Put something else up here. I'll cut it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Give me that car. And then, you know, finish up, you know, Sunday night tradition. House of the Dragon. Let's go. Yeah. Didn't watch. Don't tell me. (gasps) Okay. Yeah. Just uh, uh, save it. Um. Let's see. What else did I have for you? Have you seen? Oh, oh, no, no. The... Devastating news. I discovered something the other day, Mark. Okay. Fourth meal. The fourth meal location. Here we go again. By yeah. where I live. Yeah. They have modified hours now. Uh, staffing issues? They're not open Saturdays and Sundays. Really? Yes. That one by you yep. is not open on weekends. Nope, that's a fairly crowded. Road. I know, wow. I know. Wow. All right. Yeah, well. tried to go over there. Oh, hey, it's three o'clock. Let me get some fourth meal. Mm. Nope, closed. Wow. And then I'm like, wait, let's see the one uh, another street over. Nope, also not open on the weekends. Mm. Wow. Sorry about that. I know there's staffing issues all over the place. So, wow. Uh, hopefully for those that. Um, have uh, dealt with storm damage or flooding that uh, most of that is now behind you. Um, got a text from a neighbor that, Scott, you would have thought they had won Powerball? Yeah. When the cable came back on. I, I bet, yeah. Capital letters with emojis and everything. It's back on! Mm-hmm. Let's go! Like Party over here! I'm going to turn on every channel and enjoy things I don't even normally watch because my cable's back on! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to order from QVC. Right. Have you been following the uh, uh, fishing scandal? No. What? Don't know anything about this. What? The only scandal I'm paying attention to, Mark, is the one involving chess. Uh, that still continues. Scott, we uh, have controversy on one of the professional fishing tours. Uh-huh. Someone has been putting weights into their fish. Oh, I like this. Uh, video went viral. You have to watch the video. Okay. Just do fishing scandal. You'll mm-hmm. see. The guy's caught, and the other competitors are yelling. I mean, this guy's won thousands of dollars that should have gone to And apparently he's been cheating, where he puts a weight into the fish that he catches, and then they're gutting the fish, and the guy's pulling out the weights. Mm. And then they're yelling at the guy. They go, what do you have to say for yourself? And he has that look like he's just staring and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm all into the fishing scandal. <laughs> um, you got to love it when sports like chess... Or fishing has these type of scandals, so this is taking it to another level. So I'm all in on that. Fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is. It is in many ways. Has anyone asked the fish how they feel? Uh, it's going to be tough once you <laughs> see the guy come up and just gut it, and out comes this weight. You're like, look at this, look at this, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, did you get your ticket yet? Uh, to the uh, Black Panther: um, Wakanda Forever new trailer just dropped. I did not. I got my tickets. I'm ready to go. Yeah? Yeah. Now, when is this? November 10th. Okay. Well, comes out November 11th, but they always do showings on the oh, Thursday. Oh, somebody's got a little Thursday also, showing. Also, did you see what movie was number one this weekend? Um, Mighty Ducks 4. Oh, my God. I wish. What? Smile. Oh, God. 
I saw another trailer for that. I don't, I don't yeah. Made $22 million? Oh, God, I don't understand you people. I just don't understand it. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Um, anyway, we got a, lo- a lot of football stuff to get to. Like I said, I hope for uh, those that dealt with a lot of that storm stuff, uh, most of it is behind you. I know we still have a few people, not a few, we got a few thousand that still don't have power, and we still have some flooding in areas. So, um, yeah, I went over a job when I was, I had to go to, I went to Fox 35 yesterday, and Cranger's Park is like, yeah, it's still, you right. can't walk along the water. Go to Lake Hill, it's still some of the same stuff down mm. there. Like Mike was asking, well, water just doesn't go away. Where does it go? <laughs> well, it just goes away. Yeah, a few days of sunshine doesn't dry everything out. It, it you know, it's got nowhere to go. So, um, we got a lot of stuff with the football weekend to get to. Have a column up at 96thegame.com. The Monday notebook is up. Uh, that usually focuses on college football. So you can check that out at 96signofthegame.com. We uh, appreciate it. Yeah. We also have the return of Magic Basketball tonight. Oh, okay. Uh, what time? 8 o'clock. Coverage at 8. Who do we got? Memphis. Yeah. Come get some of this. Or we're coming to get some of this. Or yes. Something. We're going there. Yeah. we're. You better believe it. So, so. Uh, so big country. Look out. Sharif Abdul-Brahim? Uh, Brian Reeves. Wow. <sighs> That was big country. I know. Oh, I thought you were like I. I thought it was something to name great Vancouver Grizzlies. That's the only one I could. That's uh, Damon Stoudemire. Wow. Uh, all right, we've got uh, college football and lots of NFL football uh, to get to for the weekend uh, that was. Uh, we'll come back. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the games that were, uh, which I thought was a interesting day in college football. There's a there's a wonderful. Almost like a, a a great book feel to a college football season, including a Saturday. And while it wasn't a day full of incredible upsets, there's almost like a uh, this journey to take that began even before Saturday. I'll, I'll, I'll explain uh, all that more coming up next. Sports. Mark Daniels on this Monday. We're brought to you by Seminole Power Sports. Number one in Fast Fun. Reinhardt Road in Sanford. Out by 441 in Eustace. Visit our friends at SeminolePowerSports.com. Big thanks to Kirby and his team who did what they could to help people out with generators. And uh, a number of you went by um, after hearing us talk about it and the great history that Kirby and the team at Seminole Power Sports have when storms come to step up and say, hey, we can help you out with generators and other things that you might need. Uh, so appreciate uh, those that went and visited uh, their locations and always there for you, not just for like we had with the storm, but when it comes time to enjoy uh, some of the activities, whether it's on the water, roads, dirt, you'll find it all at Seminole uh, Power Sports. Um, there's a great difference uh, between college football and pro football, and I've talked about this over the years. Each is unique in so many ways. Nothing is as big as the National Football League. It is an amazing story, 24-7, 365 where they make schedule releases, off-season news, act as big as anything, and then we just happen to play games from mid-August now into February. College football is one of the great American soap operas because of the passion of a fan base and the many differences of the college and pro game, not just in the X and O's in the field, but just in the sport itself and how we cover the sport, how we act as fans for that sport. In the National Football League now, now we play a game on Thursday, uh, then we play games on Sunday. Once in a while, we play an early game like we did in London and will this week for what might be the greatest football game ever played when the Giants play the Packers this week. Scott, just so you know that. 
This is facts. If Farb wants to, at Farb, if uh, uh, if Rogers wants to choose to go over there to get beat, fine, we'll do it. Doesn't matter to us. We'll we'll, we'll go wherever we want, you know need to go. And I'm telling you right now, Daniel Jones will probably throw for 107 yards. Um, but for the most part, then we play games at one o'clock. Uh, we have something called the witching hour. <laughs> and then we play games at four and four twenty-five. We finish it out on Sunday. Play a game on Monday, and. There's something unique about that. One day, and maybe on a history lesson, maybe it'll be this week, I'm going to explain why the NFL remains with that schedule. It's it, it's a great story that I, I've read recently. Why the NFL, because, you know, I'm veering a little bit here, Scott. I've said for years, why does the NFL stagger kickoffs mm-hmm. to have all these incredible finishes and have games at one, two, three, four, and and, and kind of mm-hmm. like the NCAA basketball. There's, a, there's an art and a reason why they don't. That might okay. be this week's history lesson. Uh, but in college football, there's... It's almost like a, 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 a it's like a great book sometimes to go through a simple weekend of college football. And this was not a weekend full of incredible games and upsets that shook up the polls and we had somebody that was ranked 6 and now is number 1 because they won a big game and beaten and it, it it wasn't it was a typical weekend but the but the roller coaster is part of why we love college it, it, it's a big reason why we love college football. Um Thursday, our state's dealing with a hurricane, and and for many people, college football is the last thing on their mind. There was no big Thursday game. BYU beat Utah State. South Carolina moved up their game earlier with South Carolina State. But go to Friday. Friday is a uh, there's a a late game between UCLA and Washington. The only thing about UCLA to start this season were pictures of an empty Rose Bowl and people wondering about Chip Kelly and it's just not working and. Here's Lincoln Riley across town, and they got it going and everything. And then UCLA beats Washington, and they're 5-0. and And it's possible that UCLA and USC will be for the Big Ten title. Get that? Um, but but there's this storyline of like, well, wait a minute. Huh, they're 5-0. and That's kind of interesting. Uh, I got some big games coming up, and maybe UCLA is kind of a team uh, to watch. Um there are other smaller games that took place on Friday. Tulane quietly has made their way to a four and one start. They went to Houston and beat a Houston team that, by the way, triggered what now is a common theme in college football, which I'm going to get to fire the coach. Uh, many Houston fans are done with Dana Holgerson. He's and, their guy. And the big contract they gave him. And there's a great shot. I, I, I'm not picking on Houston. There's a shot of Tillman Fertita. Tillman Fertita is the money guy behind. Uh, the Houston Rockets and uh, casinos and restaurants and was some of the money, but his brothers were part of the money that built the UFC into what it has become. Well, he's the biggest donor to Houston. He he he's their sugar daddy. No knock to it. You got Phil Knight at Oregon. You got others. At, you know the late T Boone Pickens. He is the big money guy behind Houston, and he has been a big Dana Holgerson fan. So of course the camera finds him as uh Tulane beats Houston who played their third overtime game in five games. Their third overtime game in five games. Uh then you get to Saturday. There's a beauty about noon kickoffs. And there to me there's something unique about the 11 a.m. local start of a uh of a college football Saturday. And Ole Miss is playing Kentucky. And they're two undefeated teams. It's a Beautiful baby blue sky and sunny in uh, Oxford. They're showing the pictures of the Grove and everything. And 
here's a matchup, and Will Levis is a guy projected to be one of the high quarterbacks taken in uh, the game against Old Miss. It's not a classic, but Old Miss prevails. Levis doesn't play great. It's Lane Kiffin, who, by the way, his name now is thrown out there in rumors that, well, at Auburn, maybe you go hire Lane Kiffin or at Nebraska. You know, he was born there. And then it's just the beauty of the early noon games that then lead you into the afternoon. And then we've reached that point. It's October. And by the time the second half happens, it's a little bit darker now. Uh, the 3.30 window gave you Alabama and Arkansas. Arkansas loses a game at a ball that hits the top of the upright. Sam Pittman, great job at Arkansas. They had Alabama at home. And Bama comes out and does Bama things. And Bryce Young is being Bryce Young. And then he gets hurt. And it's next man up. And and then even Nick Saban had a light uh, light tone in his post game When asked about Bryce Young and his injuries, he's like, you know, I thought I'd tell Jimbo Fisher because that hype game is this week. And Alabama's Alabama. Florida State's playing Wake Forest. Um, the Seminoles have a chance for another big statement. Uh, Sam Hartman. The eighth-year quarterback at Wake Forest. I joke because they're one of the oldest teams in college football. Florida State played okay, I said to Mike. The better team won the game. The better team won the game. Wake Forest right now is a better team than Florida State. There wasn't a, there wasn't a class difference. You, you can't conclude and go, well, Wake Forest is just in a different class than Florida State. Veteran quarterback, experienced players, fewer mistakes than Florida State. 11 penalties for 99 yards. Uh... Key turnover on the fumble by Jordan Travis that Wake scores on. Empty drives for Florida State, an offensive line that I thought was shaky at times. And when Wake needed to convert big third downs, they did. They were 10 for 18. And they were the better team. Like I said to Mike, if you told a Seminole fan at the start of the season, I'll sell you four and three right now, would you buy it? You probably would have said, yeah, I'll take that. And Florida State's four and one. With well, NC State and Clemson coming up, and they may lose those games. It doesn't mean that, well, the wheels have fallen off. It means that this was a tough part of the schedule, which I talked about and others did, that you would wonder how Florida State would go through that. And they may end up being 4-3. and three. NC State's really good. Clemson is playing a little bit like the Clemson form of years ago. Uh, so that's going to be challenging uh, for Florida State. And, you know, you get to... Late afternoon becomes nighttime games, and, and uh, NC State play Clemson. It wasn't a nail-biter. It was a 30-20 to 20 football game. Um, number one, Georgia. They're playing Missouri. Here's how much everybody thought about the chance of that being a close game. No disrespect. It was buried in the SEC network. Of all the primetime windows that the SEC has, it was like, well, we got to put it over there. And Missouri's got a double-possession lead. And you're like, what in the world is going on here? And Georgia found a way. And, you know, they, they, they survive. Uh, cost them a few first-place votes. And Alabama, by the skin of their chin, finds themselves number one because people were more impressed, I guess, what, what Alabama did without Bryce Young and penalizing Georgia for barely surviving against Missouri. The grind of going out on a week-to-week basis and sometimes playing on the road will catch up and bite you. Then, even off-Broadway off shows sometimes are really good. I don't know if your team lost, but sometimes can be really good. Georgia Tech fires Jeff Collins after the UCF game. Some, not all, some UCF fans. Quickly, by the way, 10 o'clock hour, WYJM Orlando, WJRR, HD2, Cocoa Beach, 
Orlando Sports Leader Martin Daniels in the Media Sports. Um, Jeff Collins is fired after they lose to UCF. Brent Key, one-time UCF assistant, takes over as the head coach on an interim basis. They go to Pitt. Pitt's a decent football team, ranked preseason poll, played a pretty interesting, fun game with uh, Tennessee, uh, decimated with injuries after that game, get their quarterback, Keaton Slovis, back. And if you watch Georgia Tech play Pitt and no one told you the record of either team before the game, you would have thought Georgia Tech's a top-25 team. Jeff Sims should have been picked on the start of the game, but Pitt dropped it. Uh, he's running, he's throwing. You're like, wow, that's the best athlete in the field. Linebacker got ejected for targeting against UCF, comes in and just started gobbling up people like Pac-Man. Uh, the corners that I talked about against UCF basically did the same lockdown against Pitt, and Georgia Tech wins and wasn't close. And I, I, maybe Brent Key can get on a roll and keep the job there. But that's the beauty of college football from one week to the next as what you have. And then the journey of games that start at noon and end at midnight. And if you want to stay up, you got to say, all right, well, you know, Lincoln Riley's offense is pretty good and fun. They kind of throw it up and down the field and uh, do their thing. And that's what happens every Saturday when you go for 12-plus hours of uh, college football. Uh, the Gators yesterday did what Florida was supposed to do in that game. Um that was, I think, the type of outcome if you're a Florida fan you wanted. Uh, you go out offensively, you do what you want to do. Anthony Richardson makes some nice plays. As I said, the only thing you were going to take out of this game and next week's game, which is not a gimme, again, Missouri played Georgia fairly tough, is that he gets experience with every possession, every snap, because then for Georgia LSU, that will be the challenge again for Anthony Richardson. But Florida did what they were supposed to do in an odd, obviously, Sunday game, but had a comfortable win and move on. And this week against Missouri, you should anticipate that the team plays well. And if they do, then fine. Then you feel better about yourself as you get set for uh, the two challenging games that come after that. So uh, it wasn't an incredible weekend for college football. The headlines became what we're going to get to next about firing coaches and all sorts of things like that. Uh, But there were some games that made you kind of go, huh. And it's funny to watch. It's not funny. I I hope he's okay. And when I say not funny or it's funny, I don't mean the injury that Dylan Gable suffered. That I hope Dylan is going to be okay. And that was a scary moment considering what we watched with Tua getting hit and then seeing Dylan go down. And I just felt terrible watching that. The point of saying it's funny is that preseason polls, remember what I always said about preseason polls? They're fascinating and we're obsessed with it. That first poll is always interesting, not week zero, but week one, because of teams that lose and how pollsters are stubborn. They don't reevaluate and accept that maybe I was wrong. Oklahoma comes in with preseason hype of a team that's been a playoff contender for years. Lincoln Riley leaves. Brett Venables comes in. We'll get to Venables in a second. But, hey, they got Dylan Gabriel. They brought other guys in. Man, this offense with Jeff Levy, it's going to be great, and we're going to roll, and uh, let's go. Uh, Oklahoma is going to not miss a beat. And they beat UTEP. They beat Kent State. Everybody feels good, and they blow out Nebraska. Scott Frost is fired. And Oklahoma is right there. They go home. 
get beat by Kansas State, and then get absolutely rolled early and often against TCU. Just blown out by TCU, who nobody had on the radar. Sonny Dykes comes over. Gary Patterson um, is fired on the staff at Texas now. And TCU, at the start of the year, there was no reason to hype TCU at the beginning of the season. Uh, One at Colorado, whose coach got fired yesterday, and beat Tarleton. Uh, One at SMU in, you may not know much about the Skillet Bowl, but that's in Dallas. That's TCU's in Fort Worth and SMU in Dallas. Kind of a big thing there. Uh, they went against a really good uh, SMU team that UCF's going to play on uh, Wednesday. But you're not like, eh, okay, but who knows? And they destroy Oklahoma. Were pollsters wrong about both? I don't know. Maybe Oklahoma's not very good. Maybe TCU's 4-0 because, you know, they beat what may not be a very good Oklahoma team, and yet they beat them comfortably. So it gets us to the polls for this past week. For all the criticism that coaches take, and whatever number of coaches that actually vote each week in their own ballot, because again, for the life of me, I have no idea how a football coach that is asked to put a ballot in for the coaches' poll that plays a 3.30 game on Saturday, I have no idea how that coach could put a ballot in on Sunday. I, 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 I simply don't know how that's possible. He watches no football game at 12 noon in preparation for their own game. Um, his game doesn't end until after 7 o'clock. By the time any head coach is done, it's probably around 9 or so. And I would imagine they're not going back, sitting down, and watching a lot of live football, let alone going back and really digging into the earlier games. Yet, yet, whatever number of sports information directors or the few coaches that may say, no, no, I'm going to do my own ballot, here's (laughs) here's the two polls. And again, we're obsessed with college football polls. They're not going anywhere. You you, you can make a 12-team playoff happen tomorrow, and we're not changing the poll system. And there'll still be a playoff poll, uh, playoff ranking put out by the selection committee. But uh, if you take a look at today's polls, the top, not one, two, three, four, five, nope. The top 16 teams are identical in both the AP poll and the coaches poll. Identical. Ohio State 3, USC 6, Tennessee 8, Penn State 10, Utah 11, Kentucky 13. They're identical. The top 16 spots are identical. So if the media is so smart, if the media is so smart because supposedly they watch games all day, even though there are some people that have an AP ballot that cover a team, and if they cover that 330 game, uh, you could probably watch more noon football than the head coach, but you would think you're not paying as much attention to the game you're covering, and then if you're doing some sort of post-game coverage and writing or reporting, I don't know how much of the 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock games, but anyway, if the media poll is supposed to be so much better, the top 16 in both polls are identical. And as you go further down, there's not that much of a difference. Uh, Kansas, TCU, UCLA switch a little bit, but those are the next three teams in both polls to take it through 17, 18, 19. Kansas State, 20th in both. Syracuse is 22 and 21. Mississippi State, 23 in both. I mean, they're a mirror of each other with a few tweaks along the way. 
So anytime somebody tells you, well, you can't trust the coaches, Paul, and by the way, neither is supposed to matter for the playoff committee, but we know that they're human. And they will they will have a memory bank of what the weekly two polls are, and it will influence. It's not supposed to, but it will influence them when they put their playoff uh, ranking together. But I find it interesting. And then I always have to look at the bottom of the polls, the teams that get like a couple of, uh, of votes, and you wonder, you know, like, what are you doing here? Like, what are you thinking? Like, if you still have Texas A&M in your top 25, if you still have Oklahoma in your top 25, what what what, what are you doing here? But, and by the way, that's in the uh, that's in the media poll. Uh, anyway, that's uh, uh, that's a few things on the college football weekend that was, but there's more. In my column up at 96 of the game.com, the Monday notebook, fire them all. We'll explain next. The Bay of Sports brought to you by our friends at Florida Citrus Sports. Feast in the 50s coming up. Incredible event. Uh, it's been going on for years. Celebrates college football and networking opportunities and so much more. Learn more at FloridaCitrusSports.com. Also, tickets available now for the Florida Blue Florida Classic that features Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman. And if you go to the same website, you'll learn about all the events, not just tickets to the game, but everything else that takes place when that great rivalry uh, comes to town. Uh, Mark Richt was the football coach at Georgia for 15 seasons. For 15 years. He was at Georgia from 2001 to 2015. And college football was a little bit different back then. 2015 is not that long ago, but... Mark Rick started out at Georgia. He went eight and four. He went thirteen and one. He was eleven and three. He was ten and two. He was ten and three. He was nine and four. He was eleven and two. And by the time Mark Rick had gone six, seven seasons into his tenure at Georgia, there was a percentage of the Georgia fan base that wanted him fired. Their feeling was that Mark Rick wins a lot of games, but he doesn't win the right games. That Georgia should be at a level that they're going to consistently contend for the SEC East, and he's not winning the right games. He's beating the FCS or the uh, group of five teams, and he's beating the teams in the SEC that he is supposed to be. Georgia in the SEC East won it in Mark Rick's second year. They finished third in the country. Um, Never finish below third in the SEC East, but it wasn't good enough. And in 2015, after Mark Rick was 9-3 and and won 145 games in 15 seasons, he was fired because he didn't win the right games. He wasn't consistently competing and beating Florida. Um, Auburn. The games occasionally against LSU. And he wasn't winning the right games. And the sense was, well, we got to make a change. Well, Georgia made a change. And you certainly could say that they made the right change, even though there was many criticisms of Nick Saban assistants and coordinators that got hired. But Kirby Smart has delivered a different Georgia. Georgia now is one of the better programs in the country. National championship last year, playoff team, expectation, win them all. And now Kirby Smart is winning the right game. Beats Florida. 
can go toe-to-toe with Nick Saban, number one recruit in the country, and all is well. But Mark Rick got fired because he didn't win the right games, which brings us to the trend in college football that has been around now for a few years. And that trend is, if you can't win them all, then what good are you for me? And we all created this. Everybody did. The system that gave you a playoff told you that, hey, getting to a New Year's Day bowl game and, God forbid, a game below New Year's Bowl uh, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nine and three doesn't cut it. Now, maybe if you went two and ten the year before, but nope. Most of the time, it's not going to cut it. We're different. We're supposed to win. And in the world of nonstop coverage of a sport every day of the year, nonstop coverage of every game of your team being on TV or some form that you can access a video broadcast of it, nonstop coverage on social media where everyone's got an opinion, everybody knows exactly what happened and why it happened and what should happen, nobody has patience. Nobody. And then, after all of that that's happened in recent years, then we added another layer with all of this. When we created the latest in power. And the latest in power is this. For decades, boosters, for the most part, controlled when a coach was hired or fired. For the most part. And... Why? Because you were helping with the buyout. Then we created pay-for-play. Not name, image, and likeness. Pay-for-play. And when we created that, I said this, you were giving that group even more power than ever because it wasn't just about the buyout. It was about buying players. You now controlled it. Hey, we don't like the coach. I'm not giving you any money. And if you don't have money, you can't buy players. You can't acquisition of talent. If you can't do that, well... You're blank. You fill in the blank. And now you've got ADs that have to recognize that formula. Hey, are the people that have the money to acquire talent upset? And if they are upset, do I have to change the coach? Because if they're upset and don't like this coach, then I could be fired. And we can't let this spiral out of control. So now we don't even wait to the end of a season to fire a coach. We do it immediately. Which, by the way, is the biggest joke when someone says they want to get the search process going. Uh, Until someone leaves their existing job during a season. No one's hiring someone. Now, due diligence, background, third party, direct, indirect contact, and have an idea before year ends. Yeah, sure. But you know why it's done? For the optics of it. Why? Hey, not just the fan base or the guy that's on Twitter with his name and six numbers. It's the guy that's going to help buy players for us. He needs to feel like, hey, I'm taking care of you. Your money's not going to wait. You don't like this guy? Fine. We're going to get somebody else. We'll, we'll, we'll get somebody else. I don't know Paul Christ. I don't know him personally. Um, but I heard from Wisconsin people for years and years, we're different. It's different in Wisconsin. It's different in Iowa. It's different in some places that, hey, you know, we hope to contend. But throw in a Rose Bowl once in a while. Give us some exciting games. We're not going to freak out if we go 9-3. and three. 
They'll always be next year. Maybe next year we'll go 10-2. and two. Maybe we'll have one of those magical years and go 12-1. and one. We might even have an 8-4 and four along the way. But that's okay. We're different. No, you're not. Not in the current climate of college football. You can read the record of Paul Christ at Wisconsin. It was 67 and 26. Yeah, but it was 15 and 10 in his last 25. You come up with football reasons too. Hey, the offense is stale. He doesn't like to recruit. He doesn't like the name image and likeness world, which a lot of coaches don't like. Now you got to, you know, not go out and recruit the old way. Now you got to go play the game. Doesn't like it. And you have an AD that's like, I, I can't afford to not fire him. If I don't, then the people that I'm now asking to give money to buy players, they're angry. So he's gone. Well, it gives him time to get out there. It gives, them, it, it gives fans what they love. The minute their team is either A, no longer in the playoffs, B, can't recover from an early loss and win the conference and maybe have a bunch of crazy things happen to get into the playoffs, you don't care. The next most exciting thing is what? Fire the coach, followed by who are we going to hire? And fan bases love it. Because they always think that their program, everybody wants the job. Everybody wants it. And they love it. And sometimes they love to hire. And sometimes they go, well, wait, we got that guy? We settled for him because you realize that's what your program's worth? And fan bases do it all the time. Mickey Joseph replaces Scott Frost at Nebraska. And they got blown out their first game to Oklahoma. Ah, you know, crazy week. And, and uh, you know, but we love Mickey. He, you know, he, he's our guy. And they beat Indiana. And now the fan base is like, hey, get on a roll. And we got our guy. Well, wait a minute. I it, Hold on. Three weeks ago, you wanted Scott Frost fired, and some people wanted Urban Meyer and throwing other names out there. Now, Jim Leonard, well-respected guy. NFL teams like Jim Leonard. And maybe Paul Chris said to go because you could lose Jim Leonard. Okay, that's fine. Maybe Jim Leonard wins the audition and doesn't have to keep the job. But wait. Out there in the wings is Lance Leopold. Wait, that guy, the, the 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 coach of what? The coach at Kansas, who's five and zero in the top twenty-five. It was at Buffalo who won a bunch of games there. Yeah, at Wisconsin Whitewater. What's that? That's Division Three dominance. That's six national championships. Oh, let's get him. And fan bases love it. Saturday, not after the game, during the game, during the game. If you wanted to get a chuckle, just go follow Oklahoma fans. Brett Venables is done after five games in the eyes of some. My favorite tweet I mentioned to Bianchi was someone who said, I've been a Sooners fan since 2018 and I'm out. I'm thinking, (laughs) what? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Followed by, he's in over his head. Never should have hired a defensive coordinator. What does he know? And he's five games in. And by the way, I do think you can't do this if you're a coach. I'm sorry. You can't after the fifth game when you get blown out. And sometimes you got to sugarcoat it whether fans call you or not. You can't go, we're not very good. Even I would say you don't fire a coach after five games, but I would also say, I don't think I need to say in that, okay? <laughs> I, I, 
kind of prefer coach speak in that moment, but he's done. Why? Because the season's over at Oklahoma, right? I mean, they lost a couple of games. They can't win the Big 12. What bowl are they going to go to? Nobody cares about these other bowl games. Even even the quarterback that got hit and knocked him out for a moment in Dylan Gabriel, it's, well, I guess that wasn't worth it. Right? We got him here and, and five games in. The offense, this levy guy, right? He's out. What do you think they felt in College Station? Remember before the year, we all circled that date. Oh, that October Saturday? Texas A&M and Alabama? Oh, it's on. Now? Huh? Now, again, go back to the money, guys. Whatever Texas A&M did to get recruits. Heck, they can do whatever they want now, right? What's that guy thinking? What's that wannabe GM that's handing over the cash to help go buy players? And looks and goes, what are we paying for? And a fan base that says, what are we paying for? Right? Forget the national championship in the playoff. Forget the SEC championship. Forget contending in the West. You lose to Alabama, then what? It's the same old Jimbo Fisher. Eight and four. That's the best he can get. How much is the buyout? About 90 million. Well, somebody's got to pay it. He's got to go. That's where we are. And I'll say like I just said before, you could sell me the business reasons why Wisconsin fired a coach with a winning percentage like that. And as crazy as I think we've become, I can't argue the business reasons for it if I'm just looking at what now college football has become. So... Was it surprising? Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, wait, what? And you're like, yeah, you know what? They're 15 and 10. Uh, Their fan base is frustrated. Um, The money people are frustrated. And the buzz is gone. So we'll make a change. Why? Because it makes people feel good. We'll hire the interim coach who people like. And it's a well-respected guy. And we'll feel good about ourselves. And if we win the next couple of games, people will be like, see, we've got our guy. And if he loses, screw him. Who else can we get? We we created this thing, man. The last time I checked, and I used to really like math, okay? I, I got the calculus. <laughs> um, But I got frustrated in college taking stats, but that's okay. The last time I checked, it's impossible. It's impossible for everybody to go undefeated. I might be wrong, but it's impossible. But we've created... The monster that is now what college football. It's beautiful in so many ways. In so many ways, like I said before, you can watch the storylines from a a noon start to one after midnight, and there's something majestic about a college football Saturday, the way the games are played and the storylines. But this is the system we've created that now says, I don't care what your win percentage is. Who cares what you did five years ago? Screw that. Now, now, yeah, but he's having you know an off year. Off year. You don't watch. You don't know where we are in recruiting. You don't know what he, and fire them because fans love it. In Auburn, they wake up today and want to know who's the next football coach because the current guy they have has no chance and he hasn't been fired. But that is the game that we've fire them all. The NFL next. <laughs>
See, Bianchi would approve this kind of form. Oh, this is before they went commercial? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Beat of Sports, Martin Daniels on a uh, Monday. Uh, we're brought to you by Hale Hill and Jacobs Online at HHJLegal.com. If you're somebody that is dealing with uh, storm-related issues, whether it is damage to uh, your home, uh, other property that you may have, uh, that sometimes can be a little bit of legal mess. And uh, our good friend Richard Hale had some advice on Friday. And, and if you missed that or you need somebody to help you understand some things, Please reach out to Richard, uh, hhjlegal.com, Hale, Hale, and Jacobson. So I was just looking at the NFL standings. So we're going to talk about the NFL here. And we're going to the East, the greatest division in the National Football League's history. Not yet. The Detroit Lions are 1-3. in three, The but, most exciting team in football. But though. that doesn't matter to Thunder Dan Campbell, right? Like, to the Lions, the record doesn't matter, right? No, the Lions great, don't right? measure themselves by wins and losses. Okay. Do the fans? The Detroit Lions are 1-3. They lost the Eagles by 3, beat the Commanders by 9, lost the Vikings by 4, and lost the Seahawks by 3. And if you're not a Lions fan, they're still just fun to watch because they're in every game, and Uh you just wait for the moment that the Lions lion and lose. They lead the league in points scored at 30.5. Come get some. They also lead the league in points allowed. You want some of this? At 30.3. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because they're all about grit, right? Yeah. Some teams choose to measure success by wins and losses. Uh-huh. Others don't look at the scoreboard. And then for it's other... It's like Gene Hackman, Coach Dale, the most overrated basketball coach ever. He told the guys, hey, I don't care what the scoreboard says. If we gave all, we're winners. And then for other teams... Yeah, we lost by 36. Yeah, but we gave it our all. What? For other teams, it's not about the wins and the losses, about the wins along the way. The wins within the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was that a good drive? We didn't score, but we picked up three first downs. Did you see the way he high-fived his teammate? That's a good win. So, yesterday uh, in the NFL, um, and I'm watching the start of that Eagles game. Scott, I don't know why, but the game starts, and I I was football giddy. You know why? It's dreary. Mm-hmm. It's a misty rain. Mm-hmm. It's a jacket day. And it's like, wait a minute. It's fall. Yeah. And then the Giants, it's the same weather. I'm like, oh, wow. It was like it was like the second start to the NFL season because it was like the first cool weekend um, in the NFL. The Jags get off to this great start. And I was about to text Bianchi and go, man, that's going to be fun to talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> And and then Trevor Lawrence, who who I do think is playing better. Okay, now he made some mistakes in that game, but I do think he's playing better. And give the Eagles credit again. Nick Sirianni, who who are they hiring? Even Eagle fans, who? And Jalen Hurts, he's not the answer. And I don't know if he is. I I, I don't know, but they're four and zero. And there's something to, to finding a way to win. If the Lions can find a way to lose, there's something to find a way to win. And the Eagles have done that at four and zero. Uh, but the Jags, I do think, are better. And yet Trevor Lawrence was not able to put back-to-back good games after the performance out west. And the Eagles are uh, for uh, and O. Uh, before we get to the Buck game from last night, just a few other observations. 
uh, the double doink of the Saints and Vikings. <laughs> I, I mean, just, I, I don't know. It's just unbelievable. I'm happy that Latavius Murray got a touchdown in that game, but uh, doink, doink. And the Vikings are still 3-1. and one. Whether the Vikings are one of the better teams or not, I, I don't know, but they're, but they're 3-1. and one. Uh, Yes, I said to Mike, there's something fascinating of the Cooper Rush story in the Dallas Cowboys. Scott, as I said, I don't know if the sports world is ready for talking heads to now play the game of, can you pull the guy? Mm, I mean, mm-hmm. can you just pull the guy? You can't do that, can you? The Cowboys are now 3-1, and one. Uh, and, 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 and we're going to learn a lot. Meaning, Dallas plays in Los Angeles against the Rams and then play at Philadelphia in the next two weeks. Now, they could lose both me three and three. They could split, but the quarterback story is fascinating. I said to Mike, this is a little bit different than Drew Bledsoe's career when Tom Brady was the starter with a health or supposedly healthy Bledsoe. Because of the modern-day contract for a quarterback. And Jerry Jones loves it. Regardless of what he's paying Dak Prescott, he loves it. The attention is on the Cowboys. You know me, I, I, I can never get enough of the Jerry cam. You lo- well, you love that in the presser. Right. One son who cleans his glasses, the other is just responsible for setting up the high five, and keeping yes. it low enough because yes. Jerry can't get the hand up that high. And then just take a look at the group in the background, and it's just it, it it it's the Dallas television show in five seconds. If you freeze, <laughs> if you freeze the picture of Jerry Jones' box when they go there, whether it's a touchdown or miss field goal to lose a game, and just freeze it, it's 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 an entire season of the television show Dallas right there. You just go around and go, I know what that guy does, what that guy does. They, he's a good guy. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. He's under investigation. He should be under investigation. He knows people under investigation. He's doing the investigation. Um, but who's not going to like that debate? I'm going to sit and watch and... Like, who should play a quarterback? My 2022 salary cap structure world of the National Football League? Dak Prescott's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Yeah, but I'll play the out-butt game with all you want, but one guy's paid to be the quarterback. Yeah, but the other guy's winning games. Fine. I'll watch because I love the soap opera. And it's going to be a soap opera. And we'll see what happens this week, depending if Dak Prescott is uh, cleared uh, or not to play. I don't think I need to add anything to the Giants' performance. There's domination, and then there's just, I mean, what? You beat the Bears 20-12? to 12? Yeah. Hello, 3-1? Mm-hmm. I don't know what's not to like. The Kenny Pickett era, I guess, is underway in Pittsburgh as the Steelers lose to the Jets. Kenny Pickett, you got to like it. Scott. Every pass caught that he threw. That, hey, what's not to like? Now, three were by the other team. Hey, he, you got to start somewhere. But he was 10 for 13. Still completion. Picked off three times, so every pass was caught. No, he was 13 for 13. Zach Wilson, fair or not, has been given the image of it's third and seven, he throws a six-yard pass, which really have been the Dolphin offense the last 15 years. 
Um, okay, let me quickly get to the uh, Bills and, and, and Ravens and uh, John Harbaugh. It's a fourth and two at the 19-yard line. The Ravens have a chance to kick a field goal and take a 23-20 lead, and John Harbaugh goes for it. Uh, I said to Mike on the bridge, at the moment that the Ravens go for it, your first thought is, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on? Field goal, 23-20. All the proof I need to back up the story that I told Mike, I believe, I got from John Harbaugh at the start of his press conference. I don't think he was told to give an answer. I think he knew the answer and knew the question was coming. At some point on that drive, whether it was the moment of the fourth down, a play before, or four plays before, I think John Harbaugh knew what the win probability was if he goes for it to not, you didn't have to throw the ball in the end zone there, but get a first down to try and get a touchdown versus kicking a field goal. Now, now, you can watch a game on television, and the NFL's own advanced analytic program, which teams have, they will give you some access to. When you watch a game now, you see win probability come up, chances of making this field goal. That's the NFL's program that you're seeing. NFL teams have access to that. Remember, we've discussed this before. You can't have the tablet and the computer scrolling that, but you can have that information in a folder, binder, whatever, that does tell you, hey, if this, then that. And there's no question. Harbaugh knew the scenario. He was prepared. Maybe somebody handed him a sheet of paper that said, if you do this. And the odds were slightly better to go forward on fourth down for the win probability. I think it was 73% versus 67% or 69%. And he went for it. Lamar throws a pick. And... The game ends as the Bills run the clock down, kick a field goal, uh, and win the game. Advanced analytics has become part of this game. Why so many teams go for it on fourth down now? Why coaches make decisions like that in those moments? Because it used to be, uh, the gut tells you what to do. Get a feel for the game. The advanced analytics are not always right, but coaches now rely more on that. Not just younger coaches. John Harbaugh's not an old man, but he's been around for a long time as a head coach. And he's telling you, I trust that. I trust it. And he he told you, hey, if I kick a field goal, then they're able to do this. If I get a touchdown, it changes everything. And he explained it. You may not like it if you're a Ravens fan, but I do applaud him for saying, let me explain why I did what I did. And that is a modern NFL about how coaches handle situations like that. On the Bucks last night, that early turnover and the quick touchdown by Kansas City, uh, it, it, it is a big momentum shift early in the game. And the minute the Chiefs go up two scores, the Bucks have to play catch-up. They had no running game at all. Because, uh, again, sometimes you can look at an NFL stat sheet and a college stat sheet and go, oh, they threw it 50 times. In the NFL, there's a good chance you're not winning. And the Bucks abandon a run game because they're down by two scores, and at times more than two scores, and... I had to play catch-up all night. Brady said all the right things about the offense has to be better. Defense was left in the field too long. Some of that's true, but also the Buck defense, they got beat last night. They got beat by a Chiefs offense that was in sync, that had balance and running the ball, and had Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. The Buck offense scored more touchdowns last night than they had in the season. Uh, 
but they gave up a ton of points. But again, if you said before the year, hey, the Bucks are going to be 2-2, two and two, how crazy would it have been before the year, not, not knowing what you know now about who's injured and so forth, at Dallas, at New Orleans, who's had their number, home for Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, and Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. If I said two and two, you probably would have said, yeah, be nice to be three and one, but two and two, that may happen. And the Bucks are two and two. Favorable schedule lying ahead. Next six could easily go five and one. If they are, then they're seven and three. Uh, they got beat by a team whose offense, when it's on, uh, is arguably the best in the National Football League last night. We come back. The 11 o'clock hour kicks off with Scott and the news next. Let's really do the news. Yes. Now it is time to do the news. But now it's time uh, for the news. 11 o'clock hour, WY, Jamalino, WJRR, HD2, Cocoa Beach, Orlando sports leader, Mark Daniels, Abita Sports. What's going on, everyone? Monday edition of the news. I'm Scott Harris. That's Mark Daniels. Let's run through the top stories in the sports world. Actually, no, before we do it. So two segments ago, you talked about coaches and fans wanting uh, them to be fired if they're not winning enough and all of this stuff. Got to win them all. We don't want people to get fired. Yeah. But how does David Shaw still have a job? Because uh, David Shaw works at a place that at the moment is different. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin told me for decades that they're different. And other places as well. And at Stanford, there seems to be a different uh, mindset that this is a good coach that represents us the way we want to be represented. However, I will say this. In the current college football world, I understand the criticism of David Shaw. Like, okay, well, where's the next great quarterback? Where's your great offense? And this program seems to have gone in the other way. He makes $9 million a year. He does. And again, uh, if he was at other places in the Pac-12, he may have been fired by now. Orlando City were defeated by New York City Football Club 2-1 to on Sunday afternoon. The Lions, meanwhile, have a quick turnaround as they face off against Inter-Miami on Wednesday night. We really have entered the MLS play-in to the playoffs. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, the two teams that Orlando City is fighting... They play this week. Yep. And, and by the way, you can't say schedule makers knew that. The, the Miami game was moved from... Yes, it was right before the Open Cup. Yeah, so this game was supposed to be played mm-hmm. last month. But nonetheless, it now adds to the drama of this final week. Give me a uh, give me a recap, short recap of yesterday. I mean, the thing is, Orlando City played great yesterday. That's the thing. Like, they played great. They, they scored the first goal. It had chances at a second one, and... I mean, there's a reason NYCFC was, you know, where they are in the standings. They're a very good team, and they're figuring things out. They just happen to be the better team yesterday. There's nothing that you could really say that Orlando City didn't do well yesterday in that game. Sometimes the other, the opposition's the better team. Okay. Yeah. It's great. It was a great, uh, you know, the first opening goal, and um... and I, I know there's you criticized them in the past of. You know, they score the first goal, and then they immediately go defensive. Right. They were chasing to get a, at least a second insurance goal right. in that game, and, and they just couldn't get it. What um, Is there a scenario that they can clinch Wednesday? 
I, I, I don't know. There's so many scenarios out there now. Okay. Um, I, they, I don't know. They do not have a favorable uh, goal differential situation. Correct. It's all going to come down. The thing is, in the tiebreaker, wins is first. Right. So that's 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 the biggest thing. That's kind of what's helping them right now when you look at the standings. There's four teams all at the same amount of points. Okay. Yeah. There is that. But, yeah, Wednesday night, Orlando City and Inter-Miami. The Lions versus the Herons. Uh, 104.1? 104.1, yes. Great UCF game on Wednesday. What time is Wednesday's soccer match? Coverage begins at 7.30, kickoff just after 8 o'clock. We're at Lockhart Stadium? We're at the house formerly known as uh, Lockhart Stadium. Lockhart Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Flying Hills of Fort Lauderdale High School about to take on uh, Stranahan High School. That would be a classic Friday night game at Lockhart Stadium. Yes, go on. Did you ever play at Lockhart Stadium? Yes. Yeah, and any great moments? Don't. I mean, I remember playing there, watching many football games and many Fort Lauderdale Striker games. Uh, you led. You. you it was what? probably no. I didn't play any high school. It was uh, 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 a youth football. You know, one of those like nine games in a row where your mm. game takes like thirty-five minutes to play. And, you know, it's supposed to be like eight-minute quarters, and some dad's got running clock, and you realize he played five-minute quarters because he's got to be somewhere at the track for the daily double at, at 1 o'clock, and the game started at, you know, like 11.50, and he's done by 12.25. You're like, wait, we're done? Yep, let's go. With Danny Dimes limited by an ankle injury in backup Tyrod Taylor, down with the concussion midway through the fourth quarter, Brian Dable reached for his grease board and went to work. Jones ran Tyrod for... Tyrod Taylor was yelling, call the Dolphins guy, get me back in this game. <laughs> Jones ran for two first-half touchdowns before his injury. Saquon Barkley capped a 146-yard rushing effort by running a last-resort Wildcat offense and leading the Giants to a 20-12 victory over the Bears. This says about the Bears, there were no other plays, so the Giants ran, okay? (laughs) It was the same play, so, yeah. Run it back. No, run it back. It, they ran the same play. There was there's nothing different. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes threw for 249 yards and three touchdowns, including an electrifying jump pass to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to lead the Chiefs to a 43-31 victory over the Buccaneers. Mahomes had touchdowns, uh, touchdown throws of 16 yards to Travis Kelsey, one yard to Edwards-Hilaire, and 10 yards to Jody Forston. Uh, while making NFL history by reaching 20,000 yards passing faster than anyone else. Yeah, we're starting to do those graphics about when he would catch Brady's numbers. Of course we are. That is a long way to go. Uh, We talked about this earlier, but Herm was busy. Uh, Well, is Yeah, a lot of guys heard the knock-knock this weekend. First of all, we got Paul Christ. And then he got a uh, Carl, Carl Durrell, Durrell, yeah. Now that was, I mean, wow. Colorado's become a real train wreck. And then has 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 Herm already paid a visit to Auburn, and it's just a formality at this point. You like how I'm cleaning the microphone? You're cleaning the microphone here. while you're on the air. Uh, I, I I I I would be shocked if Brian Harson finishes the year. Shocked. Well, everyone was shocked that Brian Harson came back after last year, and he did. Well, he had lawsuit leverage. Right. 
Uh, so there's that going on. Aaron Judge must go on the road to break the American League home run record, remaining tied with Roger Maris at 61 after going homerless in a three-game series against the Orioles that ended with New York's 3-1 loss on Sunday. Let me add this. I saw some criticism of the Orioles' pitching approach to Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. As much as I love Aaron Judge, I'd like to see him hit homer number 62. I'm on record that it's not the home run record. Barry Bonds is the home run record. It's but the I love American Aaron Judge. record. Um, the Orioles have no obligation to help the, uh, Aaron Judge. And, and you may not like the fact by going, hey, they're not going to make the playoffs, so what's the point of, of not pitching to him? Um, life's not fair. And two things are going on here. One is they're trying to win a game. Mm-hmm. And you may think it, it's meaningless baseball. Here's the second part. They don't want to be the one that hits hit 62 off of. Yeah, exactly. Um, is that fair? Life's not fair. And if he breaks it against the Texas Rangers in a ballpark that people don't even know where the Rangers play, mm-hmm. um, so be it. But they don't have any obligation either. If he earns it, he earns it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Now, the only thing I have a problem with is if in these final games... Like there's an intentional walk with nobody on base and yeah. it's a seven nothing game. That that would be ridiculous. But if it's a, a four two game in a seventh or eighth inning, and there's a runner at second, and you don't want to have Aaron Judge, sorry, you still treat it like a regular. Even if a team's out of the playoffs, I, I, you have to accept it. So that's on him. Uh, will you be guys? Will you guys be doing live uh, look ins on Wednesday during the UCF game? I c- <laughs> the outrage over this stuff—it's—it's it's so funny. Sean now. McDonough with the open mocking of it during the Kentucky Ole Miss football game. That was a good game. When he goes, uh, well, uh, it, with it, Matt Berry goes and 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 Sean the Tarp has not come off the field in New York. He goes, ah, too bad. Um, and the cut-ins of people losing their mind. Yeah, I tune to watch a college football game. I don't care about watching that. They left split screen. Well, it doesn't matter. Wow. Meanwhile, Cardinals slugger Albert Pujols hit home run 7-0-2 in the third inning of their 7-5 loss to the Pirates. Uh, the 42-year-old Pujols is fourth on the career home run list behind Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and Barry Bonds. The slugger has 23 homers in what he says will be his final season. Oh, sure. Now you hit 700. <laughs> exactly. I was like, are you sure you wanted to be your last? And there was a great moment because it was the, the the final regular season game at, at New Bush Stadium, and they uh, pulled him, Yadier Molina, and Adam Wainwright all at the same time. That was yeah. a great moment for them. Yeah. That's... And uh, Yadier Molina is going to manage his native team in the World Baseball Classic. That exists again? Yeah. Did not know that. Are they playing games here anymore? Yeah. Really? In Orlando, no, but in the United States. That's yeah. what I meant. Oh, yeah. no. No. By the way, why do you want Ryan Day to fight Greg Schiano? Ohio State had the fake punt up by 39. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Day kind of apologized. I think it was the punters. The punter saw something and ran it, but then Schiano lost his mind. And after the game, had harsh words, a lot of pushing and shoving going on. And I think in a fight, I think, I think Greg Schiano. Is like old school wrestling guy, like he, he, he like he, Greco Roman style. Oh no, he, the, like the takedown, mm-hmm. and then put you in the cradle. <laughs> and next thing you know, that's it. 
So, uh, yeah, I I think Shiano would be really tough to beat. I mean, Ryan Day's kind of a big guy, mm-hmm. but I think Shiano knows how to get low mm-hmm. and get leverage, and then you're done. Slap game with uh, Shiano. You want to do it? Uh, no. I'll tell you why. Even though I know I'm faster than him, and, and I'm not very fast, but it's distance for me, mm-hmm. I think Shiano's sneaky quick. Like, like initially. Yeah, fast twitch. Like, uh, again, if I said, hey, Greg, I'm going to do seven miles. You want to run? He wouldn't make it. Yeah. But I do think if I slap, I do think his first 100 yards, he's not bad. So, no. And if he gets me, yeah. It's over for you. Right. So I don't, yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Ryan Day, I think I might do it too. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think the beard's an added weight on him. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it on the news. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating. Just go there and leave us a five-star rating. This is a five-star segment. And uh, uh, always appreciate uh, the support of the news heads out there. Yeah, you guys. You're what makes this possible. That's right. You. That it? That's it. There's no uh, UCF night talk tonight, even though our schedule normally has a show two days before UCF game. Obviously, with everything that took place last week schedule-wise, we're just not having a show tonight or tomorrow night. Coach Gus Malzahn will be on with Mike Bianchi and I tomorrow morning as he joins us the day before a game. So tomorrow at 8.30, we'll talk with Gus Malzahn about the upcoming uh, matchup with SMU. Uh, then the game is Wednesday night. Then there will be a night talk show next Tuesday because we play a Thursday game next week. There's no quiz on that, but I just thought I'd let you know. No show tonight. Uh, radio show back next week, two days before uh, the game. And again, UCF and SMU will play Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 5. When was the last time you guys played a Wednesday game? I believe it was the Mac. Yeah, Mac in action. I don't think we did a Wednesday game in the American, but I know we had some Wednesday games in the mm-hmm. MAC. Non-bowl game, because that's yes, bowls. But, yeah, we've played Wednesday games uh, before. Uh, we come back. I do think that the Tua story with the National Football League Players Association and the league itself is just getting started. I'll explain why next. Sports, Mark Daniels, we're brought to you by our good friends at uh, Gold Key Roofing, uh, online at goldkeyroofing.com. Again, some of you are dealing with uh, damage to your roof from the storm, and I'm in that group. And uh, my good friends at Gold Key are going to be out and uh, take a look, assess the situation, we'll go from there. Uh, and if you find yourself that you need someone, Listen, uh, Jeff, you're at a gold key roofing. I tell you, you don't have to hire them. Just whoever you do hire, make sure you do your due diligence and you know that they have a reputation, that they've been around and understand how to handle situations like this. If you want someone that does, that's been here since 1975, then do reach out to our friends at Gold Key Roofing. Cruise all across Central Florida, and uh, they can help you out. Take a look, assess the situation, um, and I hope if you find yourself in that uh area of need for a roofer, you'll reach out to friends at Gold Key Roofing. I don't watch, Scott, many NFL pregame shows. You and I have talked about that. Because they're all the same? And yeah. you aren't entertained by them? Correct. Um, I did catch a glimpse of this yesterday. The TV just happened to be on, and, and I watched this. And, and maybe this is really unfair. 
there's a former NFL coach that is on one of these shows. And it, it, it was the classic segment that was, in a way, scripted probably on Thursday or Friday. Probably, fr- oh no, it, it, it was Friday because of what happened on Thursday with Tua. So by Friday, I'm sure the producer of this show knew we're going to do a segment on this. And part of the segment is taking into account the personalities on that show. Uh, we're going to have to have someone, oh, I know, we got the former coach, of what a coach's responsibility is. That, that you got to look out for your players and so forth. And Rex Ryan, you're the guy that's going to have that role. And Rex was like, got it. You know, you need to put down some notes. Now nah, I got it. I'm guessing how this went down. And and there it is. We're going to go around, and, and we've got the quarterback that obviously has suffered concussions. We've got uh, uh, the wide receiver that has taken hard hits over the middle. And then we've got the former coach. Okay? And each can explain their own experience. The quarterback, you know, you get hit. The competitor in you, you want to get back in the game. The wide receiver, when you go over the middle, you kind of expect to get hit. And, you know, you want to play. And then you get the coach that is full of crap. And the coach is full of crap. And here's why. Because you know what would have been better television? Better television would have been Rex Ryan sitting there going, listen, I'd like to sit here and tell you that every coach in that moment is thinking what's in the best interest of the player. And every moment, regardless of what it leads to a win or a loss, is about what's right for that guy. But the reality is that usually doesn't happen. Because let me explain what happens during a game when a key player goes down with an injury that may or may not take him out of a game. Guy breaks a leg, you know he ain't coming back. Guy gets dinged up, and we're in a one-possession game. Let me tell you what usually happens. We didn't take that route. Rex Ryan took the easy approach. And he may have been told to take this approach. You got to look out what's best for the guy. You can't put him back on the field. You can't do this. This is what you got to do. When I want my son to be in that situation, all the things that are easy to fit that segment. The right answer would have been this is what happens. Here's here's where I get information. I'm relying on someone to give me information. Well, do you get accurate information? That's really interesting because the person that relays the message to me, yeah. Who who is that person? Is it the doctor, the trainer? Is it an assistant coach? Is it somebody that's part of the support team on the sideline? Who makes that ultimate decision? Well, i got to trust the doctors. That would have been a great segment. I said this on Friday the day after it happened, and I believe it even more because we had a whole weekend of armchair quarterbacking what happened with Tua. But I did say it Friday, and there were plenty of other people on the national level that said the same thing. I'm not very, well, I'm, I'm somewhat bright, but not bright in a lot of things. Um... If you weren't screaming Wednesday and Thursday up until kickoff, he can't play. You can't put him out there, even though there were a few people that did that. But the majority of national shows and talking heads and hot debate and hot take shows, nobody was talking about that. It was a, oh, it's a big game. The Dolphins are off to the start. It's a must win for the Bengals. It can't fall to be one and three. Got to get on track. We didn't do it. There wasn't the outcry. I didn't do it. Not that my voice mattered, but 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 I didn't do it on Wednesday. I I I, I believe what I saw on Sunday. 
But then the injury happened. If the Dolphins had won the game and there's no injury to Tua, I don't know if we are where we are. I really don't. But take a look again what happened. The, 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 the play against the Bills takes place, and the NFLPA is quick to scream, we are demanding an investigation. We want to know what happened. And they didn't do it before the game Thursday. And I said to Mike, I got more questions about the NFLPA than the Dolphins. And here's why. Until proven otherwise, I'm going to give Mike McDaniel the benefit of the doubt that I don't believe that he overrode anybody and, and, and got all the parties to say, this is the line we're going with. It was a back injury. I don't care if he has a head injury, he's going to play. I don't think Mike McDaniel did that. And even though the Dolphins have been caught uh, with the Stephen Ross-related things about coaches and Tom Brady and all that stuff, I don't believe that they got together and said, here's a way to fix the story for, uh, for Tua. But the NFLPA, they didn't answer any questions. They were the tough guys that got on the scene that says, we're demanding answers. How long would it take? How did you, how did you, the Players Association, let him take the field on Thursday without knowing what now you claim you know? Which was, well, one of the parties involved cleared him to play, and there was something wrong with that, so he's fired. And we can fire him because that's the agreement we have with the NFL, because, you know, there are three independent people, and and what? Is it if one says no and two say yes, does one supersede the others? How did you not have your investigation concluded? Because you know as well as I do. If if the story yesterday about the independent doctor being fired, if that comes out, Scott, that comes out Wednesday. Is Tua playing Thursday? No. So what took so long? What took so long? I mean, you could have started interviewing people Sunday at 7 o'clock, the Dolphins played a 1 o'clock game. Sunday? Monday? Tuesday? What did we need to get here? Uh, all the doctors involved. Who else is involved in that room? We're going to ask a bunch of questions. And we're going to ask the Dolphins and the important people. Because clearly, clearly they came across something that led to the reported decision that somebody got fired. How did you not know that before Thursday's game? Because then it became almost like CYA. It, 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 it absolutely looks like that. Like, well, put her foot down. That guy's wrong. He's fired. Because you know what else then happened yesterday in the NFL? Which maybe some of you saw and, and, and maybe you didn't see. Leading up to the games this weekend, we had now the hey. Let's really make sure we're watching things when it comes to concussion protocol. You know how many players were then removed from games this past weekend? Twelve that weren't allowed back on the field. Twelve this weekend that we know of that it was reported entered concussion protocol at that moment and did not come back. Eight of the 14 games Sunday had a situation where somebody got reviewed and 12 did not return. So that's the, hey, um, now let's really take a look at what's going on. Now, does that mean that we just let things slide and needed a situation where somebody could have been seriously hurt? 
to make us now go, hey, we got to really watch it. Because now people will be watching this number every single week. But uh, to me, the, the league and the Players Association, they're the ones that have more to answer here. The Dolphins now are going to be super cautious about Tua in the wake of what took place. And if there's more to investigate about what they did, then, then, then I, again, keep investigating. But I'm just curious for the Players Association. How did you not have what now you know, which I, now you're saying it took a week to get? Why? Knowing the team at a game on Thursday, and if you hadn't concluded the investigation, why didn't the league then say, we're going to side with safety? And because we're this far into the investigation, we, we believe there's reasons to have him not play. Ultimately, it may have been the Dolphins and Tua's call, but the players association is going to say, it's in our opinion, the best interest for players to not play. You do it now after the fact? That's, that, that's like, hey, let's make sure we look tough on this. What took them so long? And I don't think this story's done about, well, that doctor got fired because that doctor didn't follow this. And I, I think we'll learn more about what took place. I think you will see a shift like you saw yesterday with so many guys not getting back in the field. And then yesterday you had the J.J. Watt story. Where, and it is 2022 in a social media world, J.J. Watt on a tweet. On a tweet. um, Sends out a message that, yeah, had my heart shocked back into rhythm on Thursday, playing. I'm not quite sure that story's done. I, my guess is the player association is going to want to know, uh, huh, what happened? And again, the dangers on Twitter, people that, well, here's what he really had. He didn't have what he, uh, uh, you know, uh, tweeted out. He had this, and again, everybody now wants to play doctor. But I would guess the NFLPA is going to have something to say about that. A little bridge playback, something Mike and I talked about. I like to do that on Mondays as we cap off the football weekend, and we'll do that next. Chris Vasquez, what is this, Bucket of Blood? No you, no, you know who this is? This is Chris Jericho's band, Fozzie. Oh, uh, oh. See, if you said Fozzie, I would have known it was Jericho's I, I, I wasn't sure. No, it's okay. Yeah. Here's Bucket of Blood. No, this is Lights Go Out right. by Fozzie. Not Lights Out by Peter Wolf. But who has, he's been at Earth Day Birthday in the past, and uh-huh. I think the last gathering we did in this building in the performance studio was a Chris But he's Jer- performed here a couple times, hasn't he? Yes. He's in the building a couple of times. Yeah, uh, at least once, but it was a... I think he yelled at Mike Bianchi. He didn't like the, the way the interview went. It was a Chris Jericho-hosted listening party. Oh. Yeah. Super nice guy, by the way. Listening party? Yeah. So what do you do? Like, you play the, the CD and we listen to it? And he goes, yeah, all right. That's good. Yes. <laughs> I like this one. Here it comes. Yeah. All right. 
Pretty much, huh? That's what it was, yeah. Yeah. Were you thinking he's recorded that? Uh, I don't know. And you know what we did afterwards? Did it, yeah. Right. We all just, just snapped. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. It was awesome. It was cool. Uh, on Mondays, Mike and I uh, do the bridge. We do it every day. But on Mondays, we take a piece and play it back. A little bridge playback, capping off the football weekend. And uh, here's this morning's uh, clip from the bridge. And it's about Florida State's game against Wake Forest. Florida State just, I don't know if they just didn't come to play on defense or what, but, or maybe Wake Forest is just that good on offense, but Florida State blew an opportunity in my book. Well, they blew an opportunity if suddenly your expectation for Florida State had jumped significantly from not just where it was in July, early August, but even after the season started. I think you and I agreed. It's been a great start for Florida State. Better than yeah. people perhaps expected, but I don't think you felt they now were an 11 and one team. No, but I thought they were good enough to beat Wake Forest. And I'm not saying they're not, and I think if you watch that game as an honest fan, whether you're just an observer or a Florida State fan, um, I'm not saying you feel good because you locked away, uh, lost to Wake Forest. Wake Forest right now is a more experienced team and better team than Florida State, but I don't think the gap is where it was. And a Seminole fan may go, it's Wake Forest. Sam Hartman didn't have a great game, but he's an experienced quarterback that made some big plays when they needed him to make some big plays. And FSU lost some opportunities. Um, the turnover uh, on the fumble by Jordan Travis, the lead so quick, Wake Forest score, that they're up now by two scores. FSU doesn't get points on another drive. And then even when Wake uh, missed a field goal, they chewed up six minutes of the clock. And then FSU gets it back within a couple of scores. And then Wake methodically moves down the field. So to me, it was a mature team that didn't panic with a uh, game on the road that is right now slightly better than Florida State. Now, they may lose their next two games, NC State and Clemson, and be four and three. And it, and and wouldn't it be funny that if you if you made that deal before the season to a Florida State fan and said, "I'll sell you four and three right now," I think most yeah, would have bought that. Absolutely. Here's a stat for you: Wake Forest has thirty nine players, uh, scholarship players, in their fourth, fifth, or sixth years. Yeah, one of the most experienced teams in college football. And I know a Seminole fan goes, "Yeah, but it's Wake." But again. Wake has been a nice-building team the last couple of years with a veteran quarterback. Florida State committed 11 penalties in that game, uh, yeah. and, and, and Wake converted 10 of 18 third downs and some big third downs to keep the uh, uh, you know keep a drive going that led to points. So I, did you think Florida State was outclassed in that game? Not outclassed. I, I just didn't think. I, I thought their defense would be better. Right, and... and, and I agree with that, and I think the experience of Wake showed. My point is, you don't come out of that going, man, Wake is so much better than Florida State. They just made mistakes that a team building itself back up can't do against a team that's got a lot of experience, and I think that's what happened. That you know They got back in the game to make it a one-possession game, but Wake showed you, hey, let's be cool and calm, and let's go down, and then that was a big field going a long drive to make it a two-score game. I've always said this. I'm a huge believer in the journey of a season and the record of a team at the end of the year. You can make a quick, instant evaluation and say, not a very good year. Uh, and and it, it it's unfair because a team gets to a record at the end of the year and you go, all right, oh, eight and four. That wasn't very good. Well, hang on a second. Uh, where were we before the year? And then the year gets going and then you had a good start or a bad start and the team then rallied to the team then, after getting off to a good start, suffered a bunch of injuries, and 
uh, that's the peaks and valleys of any season in any sport. And sometimes you don't have the uh, you know the roller coaster of a big peak and valley. You just have kind of a little bump along the way. And you're well, seven and five. It was choppy and it was you know uh, win here, loss here. But again, the 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 danger of a start like Florida State had is you then kind of wonder, well, you know, maybe these games are all uh, winnable. And I'm not saying in the next two games that Florida State can't beat NC State and or Clemson. be a big challenge, but they may lose both of them. And like I said in that clip to Mike, you suddenly go, well, yeah, they're four and oh, and now they, you know, they've lost these three games. Well, what what roller coaster do you want to get on? Because I mean, maybe you're a thrill seeker like Scott. You know, wants let's go, yeah, really yeah, crazy and everything. Um, like like you want the roller coaster that you get off and you're wowed, right? You can barely walk. It's taking your G force to a different level as opposed to. Yeah, I, I've of, been on that. I've been on that the Velocicoaster. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah, like Doctor Seuss, go around a little bit. You get a little drop and everything. You know. That's seven and five to you, right? Yes. But the Hulk, you come out of that baby feeling good, you're in the SEC title game, right? I have not ridden the Hulk in a while. Right, but I mean, you get off that, you're like, hey, I'm in Atlanta. You know, I'm in the SEC title game. Um, But but the journey matters. And and if you're true to your preseason realistic expectation, then even if Florida State loses its next two games... How how do they play? Are they in the games? Are are you watching and going? They're every bit the team that NC State is. Uh, they lost because of a couple plays here. NC State's got a you know really good quarterback, and their defense is really good. And then against Clemson, where Clemson looks as if they're kind of like the team that was competing for playoff spot before the quarterback playing much better, and we just got blown out by four touchdowns, or you know. It's a two-score game, but we were in the ball game. Journey matters. What happens along the way? All that stuff, I think, we forget sometimes. Can so. I ask a question about Florida State's opponent? When did when did Wake Forest get good at football? When their coach got the players that he wanted and then took a different approach to recruiting and said, I've got a system that I'm going to run, and I'm drafting players for this. Not the triple option but just said this is what we're going to run and we're going to be a little bit different in how we build a roster. And if you go take a look at Wake Forest, they play a little money ball. Meaning, like in money ball, what does he do? Gets on base. Mm-hmm. What does he do? He runs for this. He's good at short yardage. He's good at running outside. He's a great slot receiver. He's a great guy that can go deep. What am I looking for in a game? I want to be able to go deep five times a game, who are the guys to go do that? When do I call those plays? Why am I running on second and seven? Because typically they're in that type of defense. Analytics. And he built a roster. He said, I can't get five-star guys. I can get a few four-star guys. I'm going to draft guys that fit what our needs are. That's a great undersized slot receiver. I need one of those. I'll take him. And that's what Dave Clawson's done. And this is the, this was the coaching staff that stole the playbook, found the playbook? Hey, come on, man. What a, you know... Mr. Debbie Downer over there. I'm just asking for context. Back to wrap it up with a couple of items and notes and quotes next. Time for the latest news, gossip, trends, and off-the-wall stories. 
trends. Ooh. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Kim Kardashian will pay uh, $1.26 million to the SEC. Um, Greg Sankey will take that money and uh, add it to bullpen. No, to, to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Not the SEC. For allegations that she broke rules by touting a crypto token without disclosing that she was paid for the promotion. If you care about the story, you can read it. She ain't going to be the last. <laughs> okay, They've kind of opened up a can of blank on some of this. But she agreed to pay the $1.26 million, And frankly, uh, you know why she'll pay it? Because she benefited so much in promotion of the brand that she probably laughs and goes, wait, that's all you want is $1.26 million? Hang on. I've got a cookie jar here. It's got about $10 million here. Here's your $1.26 million. The hand is up from Scott in the back row. I don't care. Oh. I'd rather hear about your fantasy team if I'm being completely honest. Well, uh, the market's up. Actually, Over no. 600 points. You, you asked me... Because you, if you care, the 10-year Treasury note had a good number. What? You you asked me about this uh, in in the news today, about Orlando City. Uh, they win in... Uh, Columbus loses. They're in. That can vote... That can... Those, that on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Beat Miami. Yep. And Columbus loses. Who's Columbus play? They play Charlotte in a game that was postponed and re- will be resuming in the 16th minute. Because of weather. Because of weather, Yes. This is, a, I think, a game a month ago. I love that. I only want the ball to be placed at where it was when the whistle stopped. Well, so the I, thing, don't want, I don't want midfield. The, well, there's going to be a drop ball. No, That's going to be the restart. No, no, no. Wherever it was, like if someone sent a ball ahead, we should have it re-kicked to send it ahead. And that's well, the thing starts. is, Mark, since the last time that these two teams played, the rosters have frozen. Right. So they have to go with whoever was there. The starting goalkeeper for Charlotte is injured right now. Then they shouldn't be able to have a goalie. Well, they'd have to make a substitution. No. What do you mean, no? The guy's gone in a trade or, or some other transaction can't be replaced. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, no, no. Here's what I'll allow. Ready? They have to start without a goalie, and then when a chance comes to make a substitute. So if they can't get possession, no goalie. If they get possession... Uh, then you can have a substitute, but yeah. That's the thing. I kind of want to watch the start of this game yeah. on Wednesday before mine. Right, should be crazy for that. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you had a nice weekend. Uh, if you're still dealing with some of the stuff in the storm, I I, I hope it gets better for you. And, and uh, you know, please be patient with a lot of people still trying to get some help out there. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. See you for a Tuesday show tomorrow. Scott produced on Mark Daniels, Sabita Sports.